All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You're listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast. With your host, Terry Nasty Sotomayor, and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer, Riley Cotain, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. This week's guest, NHL veteran goaltender and former Philadelphia Flyer, Steve Mason. Time to face off. Welcome back to Nasty Knuckles. What's happening, Nasty? What's shaking, rig and rally? Just having a little tea this morning. Oh, a little tea? Caffeinated oh, or non? I think it's non, but I don't really need it. No, well, sometimes I do, but I had a good night's sleep last night. There you go. Slept so, in. Slept in. 7.45, man. What's Woo, I don't know what happened. I woke <laughs> up. The it, it was light out. That never happens, man. I think you're still recovering from the ball hockey tournament. I'm feeling great. You're the one with the inflammation. <laughs> I did definitely have some inflammation. Got yeah. Some pockets in my knees going on right now. Well, heavily I'll, inflamed. Yeah. So I battled through, played in our men's league game, oh, I don't know which you, you couldn't make. Dude, we I got move. Dude, we got drummed by the Blue Devils. <laughs> drummed like beat on. And they started, I think they started making a five pass rule. Oh, <laughs> like man. Kids, I'm just kidding. They may have. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But 
There's no chance I was making that. I, I could not move, honestly. It wasn't until yesterday that I could actually walk properly. It looked like I was... Uh, I had some two by fours strapped to my back of my hammies. I had three ice baths from <laughs> the time we finished playing until the next day, the next day for the men's league game. And I was still hurting, but you know, I came no in joke. for my team. I, I was there and the boys were upset with you. I know they were. Maddie wasn't there either. Maddie didn't, didn't make it. Uh, JD wasn't there. You weren't there. We had a fill in Tony Vos, our buddy. What happened bailed. to him? No, nope, bail. I never said I was coming. Tony, I'm going to get you, brother. <laughs> it was like us playing with only five guys in that ball hockey tournament. <laughs> it was some work up bailouts there, too. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, People my don't God. realize what they're getting themselves into running like that, how much oh, running is involved and in playing God. against these National Ball Hockey League guys and, and, and how efficient they move and how well lean. I mean, they're, they're, they're yeah. athletes, so they, they it's not good. just uh, you know Division Three men's league where you can just you know, stand <laughs> no. still. Like, there's, there's, no, there's no standing. There's nowhere to hide. You, you, know, you know there's a problem when your brain's telling your legs to run and you can't, and that's the first time that's ever happened to me in my <laughs> life. I'm serious. I, I literally... By the end of when we're in that playoff game playing with five players, I was like, I literally can't run down to the court. I was no. staying around mid mid court and then just playing D, using my energy for D, which I was pretty damn stellar. I, I, I were, say, a, a couple stick. block shots. I'm kidding, man. <laughs> good stick. Yeah. Good, <laughs> stick on good ball. sticks. <laughs> our goalie, our boy. McCracken, he's yelling, get out of the way. He just wants oh, to yeah. see it. You know, he just wants to see the shot coming in. Uh, but man, what a weekend. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. Got to thank all of our, uh, all the people that helped put it. There's so many people that helped out, but you know, our, uh, our sponsor, Sky Motors, Toby, the National Ball Hockey League, Milek, Zados, Body Check, Settlemeyer Hockey, and so many more people that just came over to help out. And I, I was so happy with the turnout, Riggs. It was, I couldn't believe how many people came. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was nice to see uh, you know, Franny show up uh, with mm-hmm. his, uh, his masks and just support. Uh, he's been a huge supporter of ours for a long time. And, Caitlin. You know, yeah. Blade Shades. And blade the, Shades. And, and the wraparound, hockey wraparound. And the Warriors guys, um, awesome. You know, <laughs> loved, loved having them there, man. They're they're all beauties, and uh, I didn't think they knew what they were getting themselves into as far as the amount of work. Um, but they had That's some it. fun. They, they had, had a co- they had a couple coolers of beer and some pizza. They were happy. They yeah, were happy. Exactly. It was awesome having them there, man. So overall, nine eleven. You know. Yeah. Exactly. No. Exactly. But a great day. The weather was perfect. Any hotter would have been uh, probably too much. But uh, there was a little breeze. Uh, um, yeah. Overall, awesome! Really appreciate uh, the National Ball Hockey League guys uh, for for supporting this and uh, and working with us. And it's so, so professional the way they they operate and yeah. and how they uh, make these uh, tournaments work. So we'll be doing it again in the spring and then the fall. And stay out of the the summertime weather because yeah, it's let's stay much. out of that. It's a little too much. <laughs> Unless we've got a hundred cold tubs out there, I do not. Yeah, maybe that's play. what we need next year. Any uh, any uh, pool sponsors out there uh, want to get involved? Maybe we have a nice big cold tub set up in the middle of the three rinks there <laughs> yeah, for man. in between games. I could have used it that day. Oh no, that would have been key. I'm yeah. telling you, self preservation. Well, I never thought we'd be playing with five guys either. And we do have to say, for we've never really. 
I've played street hockey, but we were playing on a full rank, full size rank, four on four with guys that do this every week. We lost two games in overtime, which is pretty impressive. Yep. Uh, I know it was probably pissing everybody off because they know how to play that game. We we're kind of winging it, but yeah. we had a we had a great uh, goalie, and uh, and we won a game with Farzy, Mark Farzy, the big yeah. G dub. That oh, was the, I think that was the only goal Sally I saw all day when he put that <laughs> in. He said to me, Farzy said, "Man, what a great pass!" All I was thinking was. I remember hearing you guys always say stick on the ice, stick on the ice. I'm like, well, we weren't on the ice, but stick on the ground, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. But uh, he, he's like, that's all I was thinking. I said, see, buried it, man. I'm surprised he had the energy to celebrate. Oh, he was pumped. I yeah. loved it though. I was like, was Oh my God, we actually, we might win. <laughs> he scored that with about two minutes ago. I'm like, they pulled the goalie. They're just taking rippers. I'm like, Oh God, don't hit me. Yeah, that was the strategy, ripping oh, ripping balls from every possible angle and shooting for rebounds, rebounds and then yeah, man. catching guys turning towards the net and scooping up the trash. You had a you had a couple G's too. And yeah, a couple apples. A couple apples. Yeah. I I, Back I had three. Place. I had three, but who was counting? Who was counting, you know? <laughs> Lucky. Well, it was a great time. So we look yep. forward to doing that again and uh Appreciate everybody that was uh, involved in helping make this thing a success. So, anything else going on in the hockey world, Nast? Um, want to say a quick congratulations to our good friend Paul Holmgren, yeah. uh, USA Hall of Fame. Uh, great honor, man. He he deserves it. Um, he's been a, a real positive influence during my career um, as an equipment manager. I don't know if you say career, but you know what I percent. He always supported me and uh, he was kind of a second dad for me. So congratulations, Mr. Holmgren. It's a huge yeah. honor, man. Yeah, I appreciate Homer too. He was uh, probably my number one fan and probably one of the main reasons I was even with the Phantoms, let alone the Flyers. So nothing but respect for for Homer and uh, you know all the amazing stuff he's done in the hockey world and how he's overcome some personal battles and, and yeah. really just thrived, not just survived. And it's amazing to see. And then now he's, you know, um, inducted into the hockey U S hockey hall of fame, which is, uh, there's a ton of, a ton of big names there. So for sure. It's awesome. All right. Nas, let's jump into episode 40 with Four our zero. Man, Steve Mason. Let's go. Peace, daddy. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Settlemeyer. And this week, we are so happy to have our main man, number 35, Stone Cold Steve Mason. What's up, Mace Daddy? Not too much, guys. It's great to see you. It's been too long. Yeah, no, you too. No kidding, man. Way too long. See you. I see you on, well, we text a lot, but I basically only get to see you on Instagram, man. And yeah. it looks to me... I'm. My first question is going to be, what the heck are you up to? But it looks to me like you're cooking a lot, <laughs> on the boat a lot, <laughs> really having a tough time. But I know you probably are because you have three young daughters. and It's probably harder on Brittany than you. But uh, what's going on, man? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's been three years out of the game now. And uh, the first year uh, was kind of a blur being off. And then you kind of settle into a whole new routine. And... Yeah, as you touched on, I've got uh, three three young girls right now, three daughters, and wow. um, I got a five year old, three year old, and a nine month old. So it's a busy household, and um, 
we've been spending a lot of time. We've got a cottage up north, which is unbelievable, and doing a lot of boating and things like that in the summertime and um, just kind of enjoying things and um, trying to, again, settle into the new normal for me, uh, not being around the game of hockey, which, um, you know, for, for Riley, I'm sure you can kind of attest to it's, it's an adjustment to, to get away from your daily routine that you basically live with for your entire life. Right. So um, in saying that uh, I'm very happy with where we're at and uh, looking forward to, to seeing the girls grow up and uh, whatever else may come our way here. Yeah. Yeah. Live the life, man. You, you deserve it. You know, it's like all that hard work. You may as well uh, take advantage of the boat and the, and the lake and then really just uh, spend the time, the, that precious time with your children, because that's, you know, it's priceless for sure. Yeah, you, you don't, you don't get those early years back with them. Right. And um, when I was still playing, I just had the one daughter and, you know, there's little things that you miss along the way. You miss the first birthday and things that you yeah. can't get back. Right. So the silver lining is now I'm around all the time and, you know, I get to help out with, uh, with things and, um, you know, be around for small little moments that otherwise, you know, you would have taken for granted and, um, it's nice to be there for it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. At the end of the day too, you, you miss the day to day of, of, uh, you know, having a purpose and, and things like that, going to the rink, being with the boys, traveling the nice dinners. Um, you know, you miss that kind of, uh, you don't necessarily, in my opinion, get miss miss the game so much, but it's just being around, uh, being around the boys, everything that that comes around with being a hockey player, right? So um, you kind of get into your new norm, which is which way I was saying. Yep. Yeah, it's it's inevitable, that. and the whole the whole routine thing, I think, is uh, yeah. is challenging, right? Because you're so regimented for so many years, and the and the, the season schedule and the weekly schedule and the daily schedule is handed to you. And, you know, and, and there's just like this, this sequence of events that just occur every single day. And, and I, obviously they still do in your world now, changing diapers and whatever else. <laughs> but dishes, it's just a little bit different. Dishes. <laughs> right. we got, you should be thanking us. We got you out of the dishes tonight. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. That's that's one of my uh, my main uh, chores of the household is doing the after dinner dishes. So, uh, this is getting me out of that, which is greatly appreciated. But uh, yeah, you know what? For, for when you're playing hockey, you're always you know on somebody else's time, right? You got the team schedule. You got to be here for that meeting, and you're away from the game now, and it's it's all your time. It's almost like well, fuck. Like, what do you do with all this time, right? So, Got to find a way to fill the days, and um, you know, having three kids obviously is busy, but. Um, it gets to the point where it's okay. What's next? Right. right. So. Yeah. I even, I didn't play like you guys, but obviously, you know, I was around it for 25 years and we, we've talked about this before, man. I struggled so hard at first just cause I had a routine. Like I got up so early every morning yeah. and you know, and all I would think in my head is well, right now I'd be doing this right now. I'd be doing that. You know, like, I'm losing my, I'm going to lose my mind. Cause yeah. you know, but I, I started my thing right. Pretty much right away. And then fortunate enough, uh, Riley and I put our heads together cause, but in our, in our case, I don't know if two heads are better than one, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we came up with, uh, this plan and what we wanted to do and, uh, we're, we're having a ball with it and it's, uh, it's been so much fun, but you're right, man. We, everyone that's out of the game that we've talked to is like, what's, the biggest thing is like everyone says the same thing, like the, the being there in the morning, the coffee, you know, shooting the shit, yeah. the, the laughs, you know, the dinners. It, it is what you really 
you, you really miss that. That's one of the hardest things. And with, with everything getting started up right now, like I was, uh, Ivan was Provorov was, was over today. We were just shooting the shit and I'm like, ah, I kind of missed this time, you know, with everybody coming uh, back in and everybody's fired up. up yeah. But, uh, good time of year. anyway, yeah, man, it's good to see you're doing well. Uh, you doing anything with hockey at all? I am. Well, obviously this past year was a complete write-off. I'm sure it was down in the States too, in terms of youth sports and all that. But the year prior to that, my first year being out of playing, um, my hometown in Oakville, which is just outside of Toronto, about 30 minutes west of Toronto. Um, I played all my minor hockey there and, um, it just came up, uh, some of my friends do some work for the organization and, Goaltending came up. They said, well, our buddy Steve Mason, he's not really doing anything right now. Maybe he's a fit. Um, so I ended up helping out with all the goalies in the organization, all the way from, you know, six years old, all the way up to their draft year in, in minor midgets. So that's 15 years old. So, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, some weeks I was out of the house five, five nights a week, going to practices, uh, running private lessons, and really enjoyed um, working with the kids and, you know, keeping my my head in the game a little bit and just being yeah. around that, give get back a little bit to you know, my minor hockey organization, which was fun. Um, then obviously last year was a complete write off with COVID. And then uh, we're just going to be starting up here in the next uh, week or so, uh, get back on the ice with the kids and, and run some private lessons. And, um, you know, I have fun with it. Um, it keeps me a little bit busy throughout the, the week. And uh, it's nice just to kind of be around the kids too and seeing them have fun before it gets too political, you know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Which is not too far away. It's yeah. not because Elvis just turned seven a you know month or two ago, and he's he's a mite. Yeah. And I, with my with the job with I when I started my skate you know shop, I get parents coming in here pissed off oh. this and that and, oh, and yeah. I'm and I'm just learning this the kids part like which you both went through as kids playing hockey, so you probably know about the you know, the political side of things oh, yeah. where this kid made it because their parents are working yeah. at the rate, you know, like, and they threw a little extra money to the yeah, pay to play. Yeah. So luckily his group is a really good group of parents and coaches and the kids. So we haven't had any of that. I hope I don't have to deal with it, but I, I, I feel for the parents when they come in and, yeah. and you know, they're dealing with it and who knows, some may be the parents that are that <laughs> the ones that are, not going to get out. I don't know. I don't, I try not to get into it, but I got a good group of people anyway, but that's yeah, cool. Well, you're, ab you're able to give back and, and it's fun for the on ice portion. And, but then it, it gets political with the parents because I'm already getting emails being, well, what do you think about this? You know, my, I, we really <laughs> think that our son has a future and well, of course it does, but I'm just here to help out on the ice. I don't want to deal with any of this. Action <laughs> my son's going to play in an NHL. <laughs> He's playing in an uh, NHL. I'm telling you right now. Oh. Yeah, uh, I do got to ask you, Mace, uh, as far as like, um, you know, uh, you know, raw talent versus like the way that the game is coached now. I see this with like, you know, you don't see a bad skater, right? You know, everyone's like so skilled now. You see the same thing in goaltending, like where they're, they're just like better athletes and they're just, you know, it's so different from when I was growing up or you were growing up. Um, it's just like a full time job for kids that are. I'm seeing kids that are on the ice all year long and they're seven, eight years old and they're not playing different sports or anything like that. And it, it might get them, you know, to step up to have their skills a little bit further advanced than where I was at seven years old. But in saying that you're, I feel that the kids are going to get burnt out. Burn playing, out yeah. 
you know, 12 months a year, go, go fucking play another sport, go play soccer, <laughs> right. go yeah. play lacrosse, exactly. go play baseball, be around, be around different kids. Yeah. Okay? Cause you're going to get meet new people. The parents are going to get tired of being around the hockey parents as well. Right. Right. So it kind of just gives everybody a fresh kind of feel for when hockey season rolls around. And I think just in general too, for the goalie position, which is obviously a, I don't, I can't comment too much on defense or, or forwards and how their skills work, but for, for goalies, it def, it's a position I think that definitely takes a little bit longer for them to, to figure out how to play. Um, so you're not really seeing kids that are six, seven years old that really stand out because there's so much to learn to be a, a goalie and skating is such a huge part of that. As I'm sure, you know, Nasty, you're, you're seeing with Elvis, you know, you're moving around with your skating, but you're, you're moving around and skating with pads on, right? So that's a whole nother aspect, but just the amount of money that parents throw at the game now and, and the year round training, like hockey's not a cheap sport to play. No. Right? <laughs> and when you're playing it 12 months a year, you add on all these kids now have to have the best, the coolest equipment, the one piece oh, yeah. of decks that, Oh, yeah. I got three girls. I'm not sure if they're going to be hockey players, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be goalies. from the goalie <laughs> equipment, you know? <laughs> um, How old were you, Mace, when you like actually like decided I want to be a goalie? I, fuck, I was, um, I played hockey for two or three years. I think I was nine when I switched full time. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but I always knew I wanted to be a goalie. Um, when practices rolled around, if they're, Goalie didn't show up. I would pop at net. Um, oh, okay. At that, those ages too, we rotated a lot too. Um, but I always wanted to play. Playing road hockey after school, nobody wanted to be the goalie, but I always wanted to be a goalie. So it was something I always wanted to, wanted to do. And then, yeah, I think it was when I was nine, uh, came time to register for hockey. And I said, this is the year I want to do it. My dad said, yeah, no problem. And mom says, are you fucking crazy? Like, no way, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so that was it. That was the rest of the rest of the uh, I, I've, told, oh, I've told this story before, Mace. I, I, I was telling Hexy when he was here, um, Ron Hextall, that, you know, LV, he just wants to put the pads on all the time. And I'm like, you know, but he, he likes to play out too. But he's every night, he's like, can I put the pad? You know, we shoot on me. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, he goes, Deke, because that's what he called me, Deke. He always called me Deke. He goes, Deke take up street hockey ball and fire it right off his forehead. He goes, he'll be done. And I said, Hex, he's four. He goes, yeah, I know. And he'll never play goalie again. He goes, he'll cry. It's going to hurt. I, said, I'm like, I can't, I can't later. fucking hit my four-year-old fucking mind with a, with a like, hockey ball. Hexy forgot that he was a goalie and a goalie for a real oh, long time. No, listen, yeah. Hexy said, Hexy always would say, I'm not in a union. I gave my card away. Uh, I'm like, you, you can't. I'm like, he goes, those guys are fucking crazy. I yeah. said, what? Yeah. I'm like, I you one- and Billy Smith might be the <laughs> one and two. Like, I remember one time after a game, uh, we were sitting in the dressing room after just kind of unwinding and whatnot, and Hexy rolls in, and I forget what I fucking did, but he's like, well, what the fuck was that? I was like, Hexy, do you not remember what kind of fucking goalie you were? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he's like, he's like, I'm not a goalie anymore, or right? I'm on the yeah. side of things. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so. that's what he would always say. He's like, I gave my card up, Deke. I'm like, you can't give your card away, man. That's, that's not no. how it works. But Tender for life. Used to make me laugh, man. You got to have a hitch story for us. So, I got, I got, so fuck. I, you know, <laughs> I didn't deal with Hitch a lot just because he was the head coach. And always typically don't deal with the head coach as a whole lot, right? You got your own goalie coach. But fuck, we were uh, in Columbus, obviously. And <laughs> I don't know if uh, 
we walk in the room in the dress room there in Columbus and you walk in the main entrance and off to the left is the coach's office. And then off to the right is the, the locker room where you put your street clothes and all that. Right. So the boys were walking in. I was, I think I was, when I was there, we were all young. We all lived in the same, it was like, fuck, we lived in dorm rooms. There was a apartment complex across from the arena and we were probably six or seven of us that all walked uh, or lived there. So every morning we'd all walk across together and fuck, we roll into their dress room and Hitch is in his room and He's got his fucking shirt off, right? <laughs> Flex it. Sitting there getting Flex a fucking massage by our fucking massage therapist. And Hitch is buried his fucking head in the fucking table, right? Like this. And fuck massage therapist is looking at just like puking in his mouth a little bit. Right? So, <laughs> uh, we're walking in, whatever. That was the end of that story. And then oh. another time we always had a fucking... Uh, bagels and uh, muffins from Tim Hortons. It was just part of like the right, yeah. breakfast spread, right? And that was in the, the players' lounge area. So we're sitting on uh, on the couch, kind of watching the morning sports highlights. And Hitch walks in and grabs a, a chocolate chip muffin, rips it in half, and puts the other half back. He's like, "Well, kind of just watching what I'm eating here," and walks off. Five minutes later, comes in, gets the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the other half there, right? And then. Uh, you probably came in for the other fucking portion of it, uh, the other muffins too. And then, oh, oh man, I, I got oh, one more. We're having a, having our video meeting and uh, uh, he throws a holes in his mouth. And, you know, Hitch has a, sometimes you can have a higher pitch voice, especially when you get screaming and everything oh, yeah. like that, right? So he, he's talking about how he got to fucking compete and all this shit, right? And he throws a hole in his mouth and, you know, he starts sucking on it. He starts, he sucks too hard and he goes down and gets caught in the throat there, right? So he's fucking hacking on it. And I mean, fuck. Like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Unless, you know, the man, you know. Yeah, yeah. He means so well and away from the game, he's such a nice man, right? He is. He, is. Uh, he sometimes can get a bad rap from the players and, you know, wearing thin on, on guys sometimes, but yeah, um, you know, I don't want to say too many. <laughs> no, no, I know. Guy, he, right? But yeah. you, you know how he is. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I was fortunate. He was, he was really good to me, and that was, that was because of John Stevens. Uh, so he was, he was really good with me. And again, he was let go like nine games in that year. We right. had a tough yeah. year, so I, I didn't get the. I got some really good stories from <laughs> those nine games, but. Um, just hearing him, you know, talking to the, the fuck, oh. fuck, you gotta like, compete, you gotta compete, <laughs> you're playing sideways. Like, um, that's the first time I've ever heard, you know, like, you oh. can say that all the time. Play the right way, yeah. you know, like, oh, God, he's a character, but yeah, he was a character. But, uh, like the time, uh, he blamed Freddie Meyer for uh, bending and denting the, the foam roller. <laughs> <laughs> every morning he'd have this routine he'd go on the uh these elliptical he'd read the full newspaper in a sweat jacket i don't even think he sweat i was gonna well, say how fast was he going on the <laughs> oh this the slowest cruise control and then he'd get off and he would get on the foam roller which was part of his routine and then i don't know it was halfway through the season or it wasn't the it was like the early part of the season because that was the year he got uh yeah. he got fired he's like freddie He's like, did you bend this foam roller? And you know, Freddie's like a buck eighty, you know, rep jack, maybe, yeah, maybe buck seventy five. <laughs> and he and he was dead serious. He was accusing Freddie of bending this foam roller, and you know, the hitch. I don't know, might, might not have been Freddie. He might. Be, uh, and then and the same thing with the um, with the uh, 
the the protein bars he did with the the muffins there. You said he would eat know. half of it, and he's like half a protein bar, and then he come back for the other half, and then two halves, three halves, and he's just forgetting the math on it. But yeah. he's clever. He's, he's yeah. all strategy with Hitch, right? How yeah, do you keep those knows. protein bars stack or stock for him? Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He 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 didn't like uh, he didn't like. Uh, well, he never got mad at me, but I, I told the story a million times. I won't tell it, but he did not like me drinking the Red Bulls because oh, was before oh I drank you're too calm. jacked. He was just, you got to be calm, cool, and collected, <laughs> yeah, young yeah. Eric. I'm like, you got to be fucking ready, Hitch. You know, yeah. he goes, well, get the All the hours you're pulling, you got to take whatever you got to take. To get <laughs> yeah. fired up. Good point. Jesus good Christ. point. Oh, man. You want to play good? You want to play great? Yeah. I <laughs> understood that. That's what they said, man. That's what they used to say. Oh, but um, you, your coaches, like, who who were your coach? Who were your other coaches in uh, Columbus, actually? I went from Hitch to Scott Arneal. Oh, yeah, Scott Arneal. Uh, oh, that's when they started the fitness season. Was that his first year where they started, like, behind the eight ball like so bad oh yeah we, torts in. we lost uh no i was never there with torts i was there this was arneal and then we had taught arneal was fired and then todd richards who was our assistant at the time took That's over right, yeah okay um yeah with arneal we never i mean my first year in columbus we had made the playoffs there it was a good year and then the last couple of years was a shit show and um you know i didn't play very well and the team wasn't performing and Arneal was fired after a year and a half. And then Todd Richards took over, and then I was traded to traded to the Flyers. And at that time, Labby was still uh, still right. the coach, so I, I got traded there. I think that was that was a lockout year that I was traded to the to the Flyers there. But um, well, going back a second, uh, your rookie year, let's don't look past that. You had thirty three wins, and and you won the Calder Memorial Trophy, which is I mean amazing. Especially you know that's for every. Uh, rookie player that's not just a goaltending thing that's so that had to be a, like I mean unbelievable for you, yeah. being a young kid like that yeah you know really is I don't even think it's still it's kind of I kind of played off maybe a little bit I was like yeah yeah it was it was a cool thing but you know it's a major NHL award which Ooh, um time. but yeah you know the first year um was just such a whirlwind um I didn't start the the season with the team um as most goalies do, you start in the American Hockey League. But I had um, I missed all training camp because I had a knee surgery. Uh, so started off behind the eight ball there, and then finally rehabbed that. Uh, went down to Syracuse, where the Blue Jackets affiliate was at the time. I'm not sure where they are now, but went down to Syracuse, um, played three games there, and at the time the Jackets starter was Pascal Leclerc. Uh, he got hurt. Um, so after three games in the American League, got called up just on an emergency basis. Um, was supposed to be back up or sort of was supposed to be up for a week, week and a half at, at most. So packed, you know, a small suitcase, didn't really have a lot of pose with anticipation of going right back. And then my first um, first game backing up or was supposed to be backing up uh, morning skate, our other, our other goaltender, uh, Freddie Marina, pulled his groin or something in, uh, in morning skate. So, and I wasn't even aware of that. I stayed on for the extra work, uh, oh, no. and all that. So I get off the ice and Hitch pulls me into his office and he's like, uh, Macy's like, do you, you want to play tonight? I'm like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, well, yeah, well, I'm, here. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, are you fucking serious? So, Steve, do you want to play? He's like, do you want to play? So I said, 
fuck yeah. So <laughs> I went back, you know, had pregame meal and went back to the hotel because I was staying in the hotel. And Could you sleep? I couldn't fucking sleep no. awake, man. I was, like, I was nervous. I was excited. had fucking anxiety. I had like, all these emotions <laughs> yeah. going on, right? Called my parents and rookie contract state that, you know, they'll, the team will fly your parents in for your first game. But it was so sh- short notice that oh, they couldn't yeah. get in for it. But, you know, no big deal. So get to the rink and we were playing played Edmonton uh we ended up winning in overtime and well, I didn't play great but you know we, we still won which was awesome and then played the next game and then the next game and I think a couple of games after that and uh they uh, was Scott Housen was the GM at the time there and he wow. said uh you know how, how much clothes do you did you bring with you I said I, I'm I'm kind of out I was like I'm starting to have him do laundry at the hotel and it's kind of not the best situation he's like well uh do you have your you obviously don't have your vehicle here I said no it's back in Syracuse he's like well find a way to get your truck here and get the rest of your you know a good portion of your clothes here so my parents went to my place in Syracuse that I hadn't even moved into. It was a brand new spot that my, all my clothes were sitting in my truck in the parking lot of the condo oh, building I was supposed to move into. And parents drove down to Columbus with my truck and the rest of my clothes. And that was it. I said, uh, Look back. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then the, the year just went on and, you know, uh, as you said, there was 33 wins and some shutouts along the way and just things just happened Real, like, really easy that year, which was a bad thing for me because I, after that year, I said, Well, fuck, that was, you know, easy. And yeah. it's not an easy league. And the next year was an eye opener for me and struggled to kind of find my way after that. Um, and then, as I said, you know, got traded to the Flyers. And um, that was during the, 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 uh, the lockout year. And I remember getting on the fucking plane and those last couple of years in, Columbus really did a number on me and mentally and just yeah. was just shot mentally. And I remember getting on the plane and sitting there and just said, you know, this is either going to be a new start or it's going to be it, which way are we going to go? And got to yeah. Philly and uh, knew some of the guys there already, which was nice to go into a setting where you already knew uh, some of the boys played the world juniors with, with a handful of them there. So yeah, yeah it was good, uh, good to get out of Columbus into a new fresh situation. Right. Yeah, for sure, yeah. man. You you walked in, uh, you you came into Philly and dropped thirty three wins there. Yeah, first year. So you had a, I think you had a great stint while you were here. I hated to see you go. We, you know, yeah, became pretty good buddies. And yeah, you know what? Um, I I absolutely loved every minute of playing with the Flyers. Good moments, bad moments, whatever it was. Um, yeah, when after my contract was up there and I didn't get an offer presented, uh, I was really disappointed because I didn't want to leave in any way, shape or form. And then um, obviously went to Winnipeg um, after Philly and things never worked out there and um, had a tough year in Winnipeg uh, with some injuries, didn't start off playing well. And then Hellebuck came in and just stole the show. And that was basically it. And, got traded uh, or the contract was traded to Montreal and then bought out uh, on free agency there, which was a, a whole nother um, story in terms of, you know, getting traded on fr- free agency day where the lead up to free agency, you know, there's already contracts in place and agreed upon. So I was kind of left high and dry and I kind of just checked out after that and said, you know, um, that was it. But yeah, but getting, not getting the brought back to Philly was, um, 
that, that sucked. I was disappointed with that. Yeah. Love, yeah. love playing there. Love being around the guys there. The whole staff in general, you know, playing at Wells Fargo Center was just an amazing experience too, right? So I was, yeah. I was definitely disappointed not to, not to come back. Yeah, I bet. Can you talk about your mindset a little bit? You mentioned it uh, briefly. You know, you're kind of deflated in Columbus. And it seems to be like when a, a guy goes to a new team, there's like a new energy, a new spirit in them. And then they have this you know, opportunity to kind of recreate themselves, which you did. You mean you spent, what, five years? Parts of five years there Better in Philly. Five, yeah. yep. um, and, and then the, the opposite kind of happened on, on the tail end in Winnipeg where it's like, you know, you're so dispirited now. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like – it's just talk about the the mindset there because I don't think people realize like, Let's, yeah, the, you know, just the the, the the psychology behind the sport, especially you know, me specifically goaltending. But yeah. then you know, having to to go well, somewhere else and kind of revitalize your career. People look at, in my opinion, they you know they see the NHL and the lifestyle that you're able to live and you know, quote unquote, celebrity status and you know, you know making good money and all this and. I'm not trying to make a sob story or anything, but you know, at the end of the day, there's still a lot of human emotion involved and you're still a human being and, and whatnot. So when I was in Columbus uh, first year, obviously everything went too smooth. Like there was no real hiccups along the way. And, you know, uh, as a young goalie, I was, I was 20 years old, I guess my first year and the toast of the town, so to speak, you know, here comes young goalie and we made the playoffs that year and rookie of the year. And, you know, nothing but really, you know, good things that had happened that year. So you go up for dinner and you go to the mall and people are, Oh my God, Hey, there's Steve Mason. And yeah. like, Holy shit. Like, this is, this is kind of cool. And, and whatnot. Um, it, happens, it happens to me daily. Yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, it's not a fucking, and then, you know, um, then you come back the second year and struggled. Um, but there's still a positive vibe from the year before um, from the fan aspect. And then third year rolls around and again, wasn't playing well. And then that was obviously wearing thin on the fans and still a really young guy at that point, trying to figure out how to be a better goalie, how to be a pro. Uh, Cause that's a whole other aspect, right? You go from playing junior hockey and you're, if you're a good junior hockey player, there's a definite skill uh variation from the top players to the bottom players where the NHL is obviously different, right? So the third year rolls around and uh, the fans are just, they're not happy with me being, being the goaltender there. And, you know, the, the starting introductions happen, you know, starting a goal, number one, Steve Mason, and I'm getting booed in, in the home arena, which fucking sucks. That, that's yeah. fun, right? Yeah. You know, and like, I'm not trying to play poorly. It's just, I'm, I'm struggling to figure out as a young goalie. Well, Mace, not yeah. to, not to just, take up for you here but <clears throat> i mean this for all goalies like it's not just on the goalie yeah like and i know you're not gonna say well our team wasn't that good but sometimes your team's not that good in front of yeah. you yes you're the last line of defense and you're expected to be there to make that save i get it i'm not trying to take up for goalies um but a lot of time you know people you know some people see it some people don't yeah you know, people that really know hockey understand it but that's no fun being yeah. at home. Yeah, that's and, no fun and, at I all. I mean, that's, that's not And, fun. you know, especially, like I said, you know, being a, uh, young, I wasn't – had never really gone through the, the real down parts of playing hockey because, you know, growing up, minor hockey was a pretty good goaltender. Junior hockey was a good goaltender. And then, obviously, the first year in the NHL was good. 
Uh, so to try and figure out and navigate through some of the, the downsides of the game and the experience of playing pro hockey. And, you know, uh, you can't just hide because now you're, you got publicity, you got the, the reporters and all that. So there's, you know, negative stuff said in the papers and then it's just like a snowball effect and it kind of is right up top and, you know, mental health has become a huge thing. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was really struggling with it. Um, and then going into my fourth year um, in Columbus, like, like I was just, I remember leaving at the end of summer and like having like anxiety that I had to go back to Columbus because I just had such wow. negative right, yeah. feelings that, there. That's the thing people don't understand right. you yeah. know and, and and then ptsd that, almost yeah exactly and then that summer the blue jackets had traded for bob so Brodsky, right um and so the writing's on the wall there obviously basically time's up there and um i actually started out the year playing better than him but you know obviously they're trying to get him to be the guy and giving him the opportunity and i remember my last game there we might have even been playing Edmonton so it it ended where it started playing Edmonton and I got I got pulled after um halfway through the second period or whatever and just like the head's going a million miles an hour just going over crazy stupid shit right and yeah thinking about things that you have no control over and I remember driving home driving home is my a 15 second drive across, <laughs> across the street <laughs> I remember sitting in my, in my, in my fucking parking garage and I called my, cause I would always call my parents after a game, just, you know, quick touch base. Like, how you doing? Good game, bad game. And I remember sitting in the parking garage talking with my dad and he's just like, are you okay? And I said, I didn't even know what to say. Like I was just, I was just so lost. And then yeah. I may have played another game or two after that, uh, leading up to the deadline. And, um, wasn't sure if I was going to be traded at all or, or, or what would happen come the deadline. I knew in my head that it, if I wasn't traded, no matter where it was, if I wasn't traded, I wouldn't be playing hockey next year because I was just shot. Mentally, I was shot. I didn't didn't have fun playing. Didn't want to. I was just mentally drained from dealing with it in Columbus. And lo and behold, I got a call from fucking Paul Holmgren on the trade deadline day and saying – Hey, um, Paul Holmgren of the Philadelphia Flyers, we've just traded for you. Can you get on a plane? And I think I had two hours to get, I think I had like 40 minutes to get to, get to the airport. They had a flight book for me in record time and <laughs> packed up my shit. And uh, as I've said a little bit earlier, got on the plane and said, okay, we either go this way or we go that way. Uh, what's it going to be? Um, and at the time, Reeser, Jeff Reese was the um, was the goalie coach there with the Flyers, and he was, I guess, a big advocate for me when I was playing junior hockey with, with the London Knights, and he was with Tampa at the time, and I guess he liked me in junior, and I guess Reeser was a big part of bringing me to the Flyers, and um, got to Philly, and um, I loved every second of it. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, it it's just awesome. you know, as Riley and obviously Nasty too. You, you were such a huge part of that organization for for so many years. It's just uh, you know, you take the, the fans might boo you here and there, but just like the the feeling that you get putting on the, the on the jersey. I mean, nothing yeah. right. Right. So. right. Great organization. Right. That's an amazing story, you know, because it's, it's just almost like 
you know, when the universe knows what you need type of deal, yeah. it's like, you know, I can imagine as soon as you got that phone call, you sent, you felt some sort of relief. Yeah. Like there was some sort of spirit injected back into you immediately. Dude, I, I just, I felt a million pounds lighter and right. I didn't know what was going to happen to Philly. Cause at that time, um, we had Briz on a, on a big, uh, long-term deal and That's I right. didn't even care. I didn't even care what my situation was going to be. I just like, I'm happy to go be going to a whole new environment new players, new staff, new fans, yep. a new condo to live in. Even though the first year I was living in the, what was the across from Voorhees there, the fucking hotel there. Um, oh, the, uh, what's it called? Right across from the skate zone. Um, yeah. The, what was not it? the Something Hampton Inn. Is it the Hampton, Hampton Inn? Inn? No, no. Not going down the street. Uh, I don't so, know. So that's Suites a holiday inn now. No, I don't right. even know what it is, yeah. but I stayed there for the better part of yeah. three months and I didn't give a shit. It was a 15 second walk there. <laughs> it was like the Ritz Carlton. It's like the Ritz Carlton. Well, at that time, too, we had just uh, traded for uh, Rosie. He had just got traded as well. And you know Rosie. Like, oh, yeah. Like one of the best guys I've met in the game. So yeah. we got real tight through that whole. Uh, post trade deadline situation and uh yeah it is it just worked out really well and i gotta i gotta tell uh i don't know if i ever told you this riley because you're not you know obviously not a goalie but (laughs) i this was mace was so i get mace we hit it off everything was great he was you talk about mace like having those issues like where your mind like scrambling and you're thinking dude i will say this there were a couple times where like I mean, right before a game or even during a game, Mace needed something. And like, if I didn't have it right on me, he's like, okay, no big deal. So. <laughs> I was just always impressed, Mace, you know, with with how nothing during a game, like, phased you as far as if something didn't go right. But I do have to also say, we get Mace. He's got brand new pads, but they're light blue and navy, right? <laughs> so he says... uh yeah yeah they're in the team picture so uh the funny thing is so like you know goalies uh, they always the most probably sets of gear i'd ever seen someone go through is like probably the most would be four i mean that's that's pushing it three to four mace comes in he's like yeah you gotta get some obviously he's talking to ccm to get his pads he says you probably want to get two i'm like well, we only have like this many games. You know, it's the deadline and everything. You had a couple, you know, some gloves and some blah. I'm like, oh, okay. How long do you like to wear them? Uh, you know, like two weeks or so. I'm like, whoa, what? Two weeks? <laughs> I'm like, what? I said, are you serious? And he goes, yeah. So my favorite thing was Mace's little way of letting me know the pads were like broken down was he'd take everything over the heater. Put them on, <laughs> yeah. on the glove dryers after the game. Across. Oh, yeah. Mate. And I'm like, Mace, you're making them soft. No, I'm not. And we were like, I'm like, Mace, it's softening them up. No, it's making them harder because he liked them brand new. So we literally, I mean, it was funny because we, we talked, speaking of Bob, uh, Bob, uh, Bobrovsky, he went through two pair a year. He went to Columbus and, they, and then he turned into Mace getting. 12 pairs of pads a season. <laughs> I'm like, I've never seen, I didn't, of course I didn't mind because the flyers have that deal with migraine. So they're getting their money back anyway. So it's not even a big deal, but I was just shocked because most goalies, like even moose who I was able to have yeah. the last few years, moose only go through like two pair, man, you maybe, know, like, maybe three. 
Moose would always have a lot of bend in his pads too, though, right? He yeah, liked, he liked that. He liked the softer pads. Yeah, so, but it was just funny, Riles. Mace, Mace was like, dude, I'm like, you might be the first goalie we can do two sets of gear with. And he's like, I'll do it. But the problem is, you give him the new pads at practice, he wanted to wear those in the oh. game. Oh, yeah. So he couldn't do two sets with him because he was ready. I could have probably given him a new pair of pads every day. He, he would, what would you do? Like, you maybe practice oh, once or twice, maybe? Yeah, like, I just, I like a new set. It all started when we were, when I played uh, with the London Knights uh, in the OHL there. Uh, at that time, they had a, the Knights had a deal with Vaughn because the Vaughn manufacturing uh, factory was in, uh, right in London, Ontario, or one of their factories was in London. So they had a good deal with, with, with the brand. And uh, at the time, uh, Jorg was the man or uh, yeah, the rep. Yeah. So he, we, he, we had a good relationship and for a junior goalie, I, I was treated really, really well in terms of how many sets of gear I could have. And uh, one of my sets of pads that I was supposed to be wearing that night in, in junior hockey, not pregame skating or anything like that. Right. So uh, one of my pads got sliced uh, in, I guess, a game or practice the day before, and nobody realized it. So, you know, some of the padding is uh, is hanging out. And we noticed that the morning of the game, we were there for like a stretch or something. And so I, sh- I showed it to our equipment uh, manager, Chris Matten, who's the Matt. Matt's. Yeah, he love Matt's. Matt's. Yeah, he games there, right? Yeah, so I love him. I said, Matt's, I said, you know, what's going on? Like, can we get that fixed? Oh, I don't know. So he says, let's get York over here. Fucking Vaughn produced a pair of pads in like 12 hours for me. Had it had it there for the game that night. That Dale Hunter's my coach there. I put the brand new set of pads on without ever wearing them. Warm in the game that night. We won, but I let a, a goal five hole in, right? It wasn't a great <laughs> goal. And we were leaving after the game to drive up to Sudbury for a game the next night. And Dale pulls me aside as, as I'm about to get on the bus. He's like, what's this I hear about you wearing a brand new set of pads? He's like, He's like, that's why that fucking five hole goal went. He's like, if you want to play tomorrow night, you're bringing your old set of fucking pads. So, <laughs> no way. So, yeah, I just, I always liked a, a super pad. And then I was a big sweater. Like, I would, yeah, I go through yeah. every, a jersey every period, right? Oh, I'd yeah. have three sets of gitch. So, all this, but, uh, you know, that, that would break down the gloves. But I just, I just like the stiffer pad. And then, he did, he did. you know, I thought that was part of being the perk of being an NHL player. You could it, have hey, stress. you always got right. them. You were always tired. I, I was actually worried that they weren't going to make them quick enough for me. So I'm like, dude, I used to, I remember telling Hugo, I'm like, hey, you got to make, you yeah. got to get like two sets. As soon as I order two, get two more going. That's right. I was always worried. You walk in the back room and there's, there's like four sets of Mesa's pads. I'd always go back in like the back, like storage area. Like oh yeah. I'm oh, like, that's okay. New, like, new pads arrived at the arena. It was like Christmas morning for <laughs> yeah, every time and they were coming all the time. I I'd trim up like the, the straps to the length that I would like it. I put like the, the lock tight on like, the toe strap area and just mess around with it that but. I, and then the whole other aspect was having the mass and things like that. And I mean, yep. that's part of being a goalie though. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Hey yeah, man. Right? So, totally. Totally. I don't blame like, you. Funny. You brought Matt's up. I had a quick little story about it. His, so his son, we used to play Ross. Did you ever play an exhibition game there in, in uh, London? Yeah. Cause we played. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he, had, his son was younger at the time. Um, he was like stick boy. And he helped out. Obviously I'm sure he did with the team. Yep. With the yep. He was always he around. Was, I was always like, yeah, bring him stuff, like flyer stuff. And he was a funny kid. So I think at this time he was about 13 
and I didn't realize he was standing beside me because he had grown. So he's beside me and I've got, I think uh, um, Adam from um, Forte was there. He had brought us lunch and Ross Agathos and then Matt's and a couple other people and we're, we're standing there goofing off. And I'm like, classic i had to do it because huntsy's there i had to give the old chief line like do you like big tits so as i say it <laughs> i hit i'm thinking it's one of the older guys i hit uh matt's son right beside me and i'm like you like big tits and i turn and it's him and i'm like oh i'm like you know and he goes who doesn't <laughs> and everyone died you know I'm like, oh, I'm so, so I'm like Matt, i'm sorry he goes dude he's in the locker room you think he doesn't yeah. hear that yeah I'm right like, but his reaction was un- he just like uh, nothing goes oh, who doesn't oh that's classic oh man oh, that's anyway. too good yeah, yeah so- well you, since you're talking about gear there and you got the masks in the background we were actually texting oh, with man. franny a little, a little earlier today yeah uh, franny was i mean you see the photos on all the Instagrams and things like that, right? Yeah, yeah insane work. I got to to Philly and leading up to Philly, I was using uh, Dave Gutterson, who's Dave Art, and he does a lot of guys in the league. And had had Freddie done any work with goalies in the past, or just not as he frequently? did when Ray first came? Yeah. He did want to raise razors. Yeah. Um, so he had done him. I'm trying to think if he, I think that might be it. Yeah. So for you, but you, you were a big guy for yeah, him. Yeah. Well, you were just like, Hey man, like you're welcome to continue using, uh, Dave Gunnarsson, right. but I got a buddy that paints and, you know, I think you showed me some of his work and I mean, it was just next level. So I, I, I can't believe what all those guys do, but Franny's stuff is so, I mean, the detail. I I remember one of the pictures is with a guy with a visor on it. You could, Oh, you got the glare on the the visor. I mean, like, how do you, how do you do that? Like like the first mask I got, had, um, got downstairs. It's remember it had like the, the zombie Ben Franklin on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's right. I I didn't know what to expect to have a new mask come in from a, a guy that I had never worked with and bought the mask or I, or actually he brought, he always brought the mask to the arena and whatnot to, to, to deliver it. But I just couldn't believe the detail that he was able to get from airbrushing and whatever else he does to the mask. Right. But yeah, he was a lot of fun. And then uh, I used him for the first part in, in Winnipeg there. Um, it continued kind of with like the, the zombie dead player theme that we had uh, basically all throughout Philly. And yeah, that guy is just, most talented artist I'd ever seen. I think after I had used him, I think uh, Devin Dubnik had, yeah, had used, used him as yeah. well. And uh, uh, it looks Luce, like Carter, Luce used him and Carter. Yeah, yeah. Looks like Carter's using him as well, which I mean, why wouldn't you, right? The, right. What, yeah, he, right what, what he's able to do is just, in my opinion, second to none. I, I always thought it was cool uh, with your mask too, how, how you incorporated the players. And then even the even the equipment guys That's uh, right. in the mask. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I show I showed he had that he had his replica. Yeah, he had oh, his yeah. replica. So cool. And I was showing a couple of the guys that are we had a big ball hockey tournament mace uh, this past weekend. We I saw that. Yeah. Speaking of, you're a legend. In I am a legend. He's, my a, goal, he's a goal scorer. <laughs> right. um, but uh, I was showing someone, and I'm looking at, it, I'm like, yo, dude. Uh, Look a little chub rock there. He goes, You were. <laughs> you were. He goes, You were a little chub rock. There. A little baby like, seal there now. Can't you, can't you change that thing? Uh, yeah, hey, you're on TV. You got to make me look at it. <laughs> yeah, man. You're adding 10 up. pounds before the camera's out. Yeah, I know. You put uh, the camera on, it was 20 pounds. That's right. Oh, yeah, no, he was. 
Yeah, he was awesome. A lot of fun to work with, and yeah, again, like Matt just speak for himself, right? So, so uh, we were just talking about during our little break there. Yeah, thanks, kids. Jake Voracek went back to Columbus, and yeah. I, I, Riles, you missed it because you were had no Wi-Fi for <laughs> thanks to the birthday girl, uh, Kinsley. Um, uh, Jakey going back there. I said, to, I said to Mesa. Uh, bartenders uh, so the bars are going to be happy and it mace goes oh he's happy and i said the bars <laughs> and i'm just busting chops but he actually is pretty fired up uh to be going back there i've talked to him quite I bet. Yeah. high street's gonna be, ha- be happy to see him there hey mace couple i don't think you were i think you were i think you were gone by then but it was a couple of years ago we were uh we were playing in columbus and they either love him or hate him, right? They act like he asked to be traded, but it was so funny because Jake, he does, he would do it in Philly too. If someone was heckling the boys, he would just, you know how he is, he would oh, turn yeah. around and look them right in the eye. And it always like, I don't think people expect it. No. They know that he actually heard me. <laughs> yeah. So we were playing, we were playing in Columbus and he's like, right where you walk on the bench, you know, there's that area. So I'm like standing right there. It's if I got to get a stick or whatever. And this guy is sitting there with his daughter. And I kind of felt bad for his little girl because, you know, she was only about 12. And so anyway, it kind of gets quiet. And the dad just goes, F you, Jake, you fucking traitor. And Jake <laughs> turns around and goes, you think I fucking has to be traded? Are you fucking, <laughs> what the fuck? I got traded. He's like, and I'm like. <laughs> and the little girl starts crying. <laughs> so I got her a stick. The oh, guy shut right up. He's just <laughs> like. Give him a Voracek stick? Yeah, no, I think I gave, I, I gave her someone else a stick, but it was just so funny because he turned around and he goes, I got traded. <laughs> we didn't think I asked to be traded. Yeah. It was so That's funny, funny, man. But, be uh, yeah, to see I, how that shakes out going back there for him. Yeah, hopefully everything goes well for him. Um, On the other side of that trade, you, you did play with Cam Atkinson in a couple of years, right? Yeah, I was there for yeah a couple of years with them. And, I mean – Jakey always had that love-hate relationship with the fans, right? But the boy, I, that's going to – Cam's a great guy, but Jakey's just one of those personalities in the locker room that, you know, kind of like, yeah. well, fuck, when I was there too, you know, Hartsey was traded. Right. That was a big loss. Like, going into that year without Hartsey being back, everything just felt different, right? Then Simmer was gone last year or two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Two years ago, so that must have been a whole that was weird situation. You know, that was – that was weird. Not hearing 30, <laughs> you know, he, how he yelled before yeah. for the goalies, you know, to go out. And now, uh, um, Jakey being gone, like that's just, how do you, it's going to be I, a weird adjustment, I think for some of the boys in the dressing room, but again, with, with Cam, I mean, yeah. good player, good guy. So we'll see how yeah. that works out. But I, we, we talked to, uh, Kevin Hayes was on with us. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, I felt like when we got, when the flyers got hazy, he kind of stepped in that role that we were, we were missing. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you missed a guy like that in your room. Sure. Uh, first of all, he's a good player. Second of all, he brought so much more oh, yeah. than what was on the ice. And we, we talk about stuff like this all the time, but um, when Kevin got there, he's kind of the, I don't want to say class clown, but the class clown, but knows when it's time, yeah. you know, to, to, to be ready to perform. And you need that. Like you were saying mentally, sometimes it's, it helps you to have a guy that makes you laugh. 
you gotta you know, remember you're playing a fucking game at the end of the day. Yeah, that's the truth, that's, right? It's, it's fine to get you know focus and things like that, but that's where you gotta have a fine balance of keeping things light and not stressing out over playing a hockey game at the end of the that's day. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Love to hear that because I think so many young players already start stressing out over yeah. everything, and it yeah. becomes a mental health issue. Really, is what and, I, and I think I think from what I'm seeing in just this year of <clears throat> Elvis hasn't really been going a year; it's close to a year now. Uh, I think I hate to say this, but it's a lot of the parents. Yeah. Oh yeah. And with like what you had touched on, Mace is like 12, 12 months a year. I mean, Wayne Gretzky even said, like, play different sports, you yeah. know, like take your break, Super like you said. Then you're then you're like really pumped. But I mean, I know that like all summer, Riles could tell you, like, he's been on the ice. He was on the ice all summer. You know, not every day, you know, once to twice a week. I can live with that, but I like yeah. to play in other things. Sure. And he yeah. enjoys it. I'm not I never even pushed him to play hockey. He just, you know, once I was gone, he wanted to, and I had the time, and now it's like I can't believe how I'm just so I feel so fortunate to be able to do this with him. Absolutely. Because now he he's like last week we had our ball hockey tournament and I missed the game. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, because I've been so used to the last year and a half to do every single thing with him. And I was like, damn, like, is there a way I could do it? But there was just no way I could do it because we had a big setup to do. And, and um, it all worked out. But, uh, yeah, but you, you miss guys like that. And I think. You know, I'm, I don't know about Columbus's room, but they did lose their captain, um, you know, uh, yep. Polino going to Boston and everything. Well, he got traded deadline, but uh, to Toronto. Uh, but he's going to – he'll be – for guys that don't know him, oh. they're going to be <laughs> They're going to be – <laughs> <They're gonna laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> like, if he's going to be – you know, Jakey always comes in the year and he's, you know, fairly clean-shaven. He's got a fresh haircut, but as the year goes on, he looks like fucking gritty, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, he thinks uh, he's related. Yeah, no, as you said, you know, if there's going to be guys that don't know anything about them, they're going to really enjoy what they're going to get out of it, right? And I don't know what kind of role they want him to be part of, but just having him in the room, to, I'm sure they're going to have a younger team just based off of the turnover and, and whatever yeah. they're going through there. But to have somebody in the room that just kind of happy-go-lucky, um, doesn't stress out about too too much or anything like that, you, that's yeah. what you need. And, you know, as you're saying with the younger kids, and I've been dealing with the younger kids, you're right, you see it. Uh, you, see, you see this pressure building at kids that are six, seven, eight years old and where, where did you lose the fact that you're, you're playing the game, right? So yeah. have people in the locker room and um, that can keep you kind of loose and not you know, fidgeting before a game and yeah. too nervous. Uh, that's, yeah, exactly. That's really important. <clears throat> oh, super important. Ha- having a guy like Jake come into your locker room, I, I just like laugh when I smile when I see him because he's just got like, such a character. But having like a veteran guy come in and having that personality yeah. just changed the room chemistry like immediately. When we yeah. – uh, when we were in, sorry, to, when we were in Columbus, we lived uh, same building as I was saying with a bunch of other guys, and we lived on the same on the same floor. And he he was one door, two doors down from me. And uh, some nights that he'd just roll in, and just that, some of the stuff that he would do is just nobody else does it, but it's just no. <laughs> yeah, right? it's like, Jake. 
And he'll, he's always be like, Steve-O, Steve-O, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. oh. He'd call me Nasty Bear. He'd be like, Nasty Bear, Nasty Bear. That's what he always called me, Nasty Bear. Uh, but um, talk about a little bit, uh, another thing dealing with the Flyers here. Um, you were fortunate. I don't want to, I can't not bring this up. Like, you're fortunate enough to, to meet and play with Ray Emery, uh, the late great. Um, he was just an awesome guy, man. And it was, it was, you know, you, you were, you were able to play with him a little bit there. Yeah. You know, I was fortunate is the only word I can really think about because Razor was probably one of the best teammates you could, uh, you could ask for, um, especially for myself. He was probably the best straight up goalie partner I ever had. Um, just in terms of the support he gave me, um, we got, you know, goalies on only one goalie can play. So sometimes there's a, yeah, a weird dynamic between them, but I never got that. Obviously, you know, me being a starter and, and, and Razor being uh, the backup, I never got any negative feeling from Razor ever. Um, one of the best teammates you could ever ask for. He was like the type of guy that, you need uh, you need anything, and it's no questions asked. Yeah, he's there. Um, so when obviously news broke that uh, that he had his accident or whatever had happened um, there in Hamilton, um, I forget where I, I saw it come across. Whether it was on TSN or something, I just I couldn't fucking believe it. Um, you know, he was there for I think it was Reno's uh, charity. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was sure was. I went there right and. I think I was actually supposed to be at that tournament. I forget what happened. I, Cause I was at the one prior the year prior. I don't know why I wasn't there for it, but yeah, I saw that news broke. And I, did, I didn't even know what to think. Um, yeah, it was all- you know, I've yeah. never, I've been fortunate. I've really, I've never really lost anyone that was close to me or, or anything like that. So that was like kind of like the first time that somebody had passed away that was, you know, I had a relationship with and was close with. So that was, that was just, terrible news and um yeah i mean everybody that played with them in the flyers organization ottawa anaheim yeah i'm sure there's nobody that can say really a bad thing about the guy because he was best teammates you could ask for best goalie par- partner i ever had um, yeah smooth eh so smooth, smooth, oh, yeah. so smooth man sugar ray <laughs> sugar ray man he could rap he could freestyle rap yeah i'll never forget we were we were in this bar and they had some music going, and he starts doing his freestyle. He was sick. I mean, he sounded like he was a rapper. Like he was yeah. so smooth. And he would like he would say your name. He would say Riles. They he made everything always rhyme. I'm like, dude. And you see people do that, but like he would do it. You're we we're just kind of mesmerized. And uh, I'll never forget. He finished this rap. He went on for like two minutes, and he was like talking about this girl's shirt, this girl, you know, like me, whoever was with us. And he finishes, and uh, this one chick, she's like, oh, my God. She's like, you should be – she goes, why didn't you become a rapper? And he goes, because they don't make enough. <laughs> and we were just, we're like, dude, you have an answer. You have the best oh, – everything you do oh, is just sick. Oh, man. that's a great – He used to say, like, if I had a shirt on, he liked to be like, sick, jurors, nasty. <laughs> like, just like a dress shirt. Or he was just the smoothest guy. When we – uh stanky met, leg, too. Yeah, oh, man. We had a first – the first day I met him, Mace, I don't know if I ever told you this. I probably did. Uh, I picked him up. He had to do daily news live at citizens bank. Okay. So I said, well, bro, I'll, 
I'll, you know, I'll pick you up, take you down there. You don't know where you're going. He didn't have a car here at the time yet. <clears throat> so uh, we go down there and we end up making a night of it. <laughs> Needless to say. And we ended up in a, in a, uh, <laughs> yeah, we ended up in a Michael Jackson dance off and <laughs> oh, yes. drinkers that it was, it, people were losing their mind. He was like, damn. And he was like, he wanted to beat me. So I think he beat me, <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, he was uh, he was just an awesome guy. We, but he he was oh man, was he we uh, we crossed paths one summer after the season had ended, and he was back in in Hamilton, and actually it might have been uh, an All Star break or something like that. I don't even think it was summertime, but we both came back to the Toronto area, and uh, he's like, "What are you up to?" I said, "Well, I'm actually leaving tomorrow morning. Me and my buddies are going down to Bahamas or something, right?" and he says, well, come on out to Hamilton, come to Hess Village or whatever, right? So we meet up with Razor in, in Hamilton, have a fucking big, big night. And my conscience kicks in, like, oh, fuck, i got to be up at whatever time. I so, so some of the boys and I, we head back to my place in Oakville. The other half of our guys go back to Razor's place and have a whole nother night over there. Yeah. <laughs> they, we all were up in the morning to go to the airport. And like, holy fuck, man, he's just like, we just spent the whole night with Ray Emery. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was like, same thing. He's like, you just started rapping out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Best guy we've ever met. And, I mean, just, what, a, what a good guy. He That's was, right. He was awesome, man. Too many good stories to, I know, to name. I ain't kidding. Oh, man. So, um, Riles, we were, Riles and I were talking about it. Uh, your coaches in Philly. You had three, three coaches here as well. Yeah. You came in. Did you come in with Lavi's lat where he yeah. only made it a few games? Yeah. So I got traded there the deadline year or sorry, um, lockout. Lavi was a coach. And then the next year, like he was fired like six, yeah, six games in, six right? Games was in, it and then, six? I didn't yeah, even think it was. She took over. It was and, less. Uh, it was quick. Yeah. Shitty, shitty, shitty training camp. And then. Yeah. Well, we went to, uh, that was one thing you may not remember. Uh, Mace, or you may act like you don't remember. <laughs> we were in, uh, we were in Lake Placid. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's before there's really anyone there. Like, yeah. oh, but yeah, the one no. thing I did like about Labby was like, it was a team out. It was a team outing. So yeah. everyone went out. It wasn't like, Oh, the boys are going out once the coaches, like they went out, they had their fun with us and it was, it was a really good time. But I have to say, I'll never forget this as long as I live. And you may not even remember this, but I Do remember. I us, it? <laughs> it's not that bad. Don't worry. Uh, it was just, I just never laughed. So hard. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Anyway, um, we're all in this bar. Hal Gill's, Hal Gill's with us. He's got the shirt off, six foot seven. The guy's chiseled. And he's just chirping me because of, of this black leather jacket I have on. He's like, Fuck, nice jacket, nasty. What do you? Like, let me go stand on a chair and at least get eye level with him. And I'm like, I'm chirping him. I'm like, put your shirt on for God's sakes. You know, like, what are you doing? But anyway, I, I walk outside at the bar. There was this, I was going to sit in this, they had a bobsled that just sits here. People sit in it and take pictures. So I'm going out being an idiot. It's like 2 a.m. So I walk out, Riles, and I just hear, ah, like this yelling. And I'm like, I turn. Here comes Mace, full sprint, right down whatever it is, Main Street. I don't know what you call that. There's no one out but us, like, in the bar. And he comes running by, and I'm like, 
where are you going? He goes, hotel. <laughs> he just keeps going. Next Where's morning, I'm like, from? I don't know. I said the next morning, I said, Mace, I said, what, are the fuck, what were you doing? I said, he's like, oh, so you guys, you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, no, I came outside and you were sprinting down the middle of the street. And he's like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, you were. I'm like, I don't know where you came from. I don't know where you said you were going to the hotel. I just, oh, I wish. I had my phone. I had practice that morning. I wanted to get a good night's sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. That that was a that was a wasn't probably very productive training camp. But uh, the the three to four nights we were there were they were long fun. nights. I remember Ryan Podell, poor huh? guy. We went to play golf when you guys went and did the, the team stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he puked the whole morning. I'm like, how can you still be? Why aren't you dry heaving by now? He's still. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was uh, then you had chief and that's, that's what I was going to say too about uh, Ray. He's had to start that playoff. We made it in the playoffs right. and we lost in game seven yep. and um, Ray won game two. Had a, he had a tough, tough game one, tough game three. But I remember chief saying if, if we'd have had Mace, I think, you know, nothing to get, nothing against Ray, but you were our guy. You were the number one guy. And we lost two to one in game seven. And those guys end up going to the finals. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what you just never know. Right. Like right. you never that's... know what's going to happen, but I will say this. I was, it was game two and I'm standing in MSG is my favorite building. Me too. And, um, so I hear someone banging on the glass and they usually don't let anyone down there. Cause you got all those people. And usually the stars are sitting right behind there and someone's banging on glass. I turn around and spike Lee. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm like, I'm trying to get my phone. I'm like, I want to take a selfie through the, you know, the glass. <laughs> and he's trying to talk to me. I can't hear him. So he, he points like that. So I walk down and he goes, yo, he's like, uh, what's up? And I'm like, Mars Blackman here again. And, and he starts <laughs> laughing. Mace, you guys are probably too young, but he used to do this thing with Michael Jordan. He was uh, this character, Mars Blackman. And he's must, it's gotta be the shoes. That's what he would always say. But anyway, I, I had to say it because I grew up, you know, right. Mars Blackman. Yeah. and uh michael jordan so anyway uh he's like yo he's like what's up man he gives me a hug and he says uh, where's ray emery and i and i look and ray had just gone off the ice and he was playing mm -hmm. and i said uh i said he just went off the ice and he goes he's like oh man he goes all right do me a favor please tell him that spike lee said good luck and i said i will like no and i did take a selfie with him so i'm like no problem <laughs> so you know, Ray, well, you have to, don't you? Yeah, you mean, my God, man, Spike it, Lee. So I, I go in, I go into the room and, you know, Ray, when he was playing, he was like, there's some guys you can talk to. There's yeah. some guys you kind of got to walk up softly. Yeah. <laughs> he had a towel over his head and he was, he was like preparing. And I said, Ray, and he, he looks up and he's like, what's up? And I said, I, I need to tell you something. He's like, he's like, what, what? you know, like, what do you want? You know, basically. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, Spike Lee just told me to tell you good luck. And he goes, you serious? And he's like, start smiling. I said, swear to God, Spike I said, swear Lee? to God, man, yeah. I took a picture. I'll show you after. I said, he hugged me and everything. He man. goes, oh, sick, man. And we won that game. And I'm that's like, a, yeah. I remember saying afterwards, oh, cool. we got to get Spike Lee here for game three. Up on the train with us. There you yeah, go. exactly. It was, it was cool, though. It was pretty cool. That's great. But man, we were, we were like, you yeah, the game, a, I think about a lot. Like, it's, it's, what what would have happened, you know? Yeah. If we had won game seven and as you said, they got to the final loss to, to LA that year. And yeah, yeah, it's 
you never know. I mean, we never will. And that's the yeah. shitty part about it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Give us one more game. But yeah. Have, you know. yeah, exactly. But, you know, playing in MSG, you know, that, that, that was always a fun, uh, my favorite place to play. What really? a cool spot, yeah. I love that. Really cool. yeah. Right. Um, well, appreciate your time, Ace. I know you got uh, some well, chores around the house there. You got to take time. Appreciate you guys uh, requesting me to come on. It's been uh, neat to see you guys kind of progress and whatnot. So thank you for for thinking about me and having me on. And of course, do you ever need another guest? And I'm more than happy to come back on. Hey, dude, we'll call you. You guys, you guys are gonna be like new Howard Stern, eh? You gotta get on fucking Sirius XM or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Yeah. That's we, next phase. See, Riley has two young daughters, Mace. You know, oh. you know what that's about. Yeah. I got this guy yelling things. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know what's been worse. You know, having the girlfriend, having, having a little guy. You know, I'm just especially if he's gonna fall on your footsteps. Eh? Whoa! <laughs> hey, I blame my dad. Yeah, right. <laughs> Papa Sudsy. Uh, oh man this guy I'm, we're at the uh we're at the concert the other night there's just obviously it's guns and roses so there's this woman standing there in the shortest cutoff jeans she could have right and the smallest top she could have and she's got these hills on they're like 10 inch heels i know they're not 10 inch but they're yeah. cute so she's standing there she's like six five in her heels and he's nudging me he nudges me and i like look down i'm like what he Goes like that, and I turn. I'm like, "You like that?" He goes, <laughs> "She's seven years old." Just turned seven, boy. What is he a great? What is he great boy? Great two, two, two yeah. Uh, and he had, he, he gets mad. I told, I told someone today, like he likes his new teacher, but he had a crush on his first grade teacher, oh. like big time, big time crush, man. Every picture they ever took, he's like nestled, nestled up right beside Miss <laughs> Hammett. So big grin. Look oh, out! Yeah, look out. Yeah. Uh, he's a look out is right. Keep it, keep, right, Riley keep him away from my daughter. I was gonna say, <laughs> Riley, Riley, yeah, Riley, you might have to watch out. <laughs> no, he he uh, a shotgun there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ken's has her birthday party saturday i said we're coming i said we'll be there in between his hockey games and he goes no elvis can't come <laughs> yeah it's a pool party <laughs> leave elvis at home uh, and then i said to him we'll make sure ash has a nice bikini on then he goes all right you can't neither one of you guys can come <laughs> uh, oh, thanks mace man oh, we love, man. love you man I miss you buddy yeah it's good seeing you guys it's been uh way too long miss miss the miss all the fun we used to have Time. Well, hopefully uh, things get better and you can move around and we get to run into each other here. Absolutely. I would love it. be awesome. All right, guys. Well, listen. All right. Good catching up. Uh, fun watching you guys do your thing. So Thanks, man. Appreciate it, brother. Let's uh, not wait so long till next time, eh? Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. All, All right, thanks. Thanks, thanks base. Later, base. That episode was brought to you by SettleMyerSkateSharpening.com. For all your hockey needs and the best sharpening around, visit Nasty at SettleMyerSkateSharpening.com and BodyCheckWellness.com for all your CBD and functional mushroom needs. You got stress, anxiety, check us out at BodyCheckWellness.com. And a big thank you to Stone Cold Steve Mason yeah. for hopping on with us and uh, and sharing some stories as well as some uh, insights into his personal life of what he went through throughout his career. So it was uh, it was nice yeah. to reconnect with Mace and and uh, and talk 
yeah talk hockey and and talk real talk yeah man miss miss that guy he's a good dude yeah he really is it's good good catching up with him man you're right though it's just uh you know it's like he kind of said there uh you know people think oh you they don't want to hear any complaints but at the end of the day everyone's human everyone goes through things and and and, and all of us do not just right. athletes everyone goes through things but it's not as easy sometimes as people think it is, obviously. Um, and he said he had a tough time. I mean, you're, you're 23, 24 years old getting on a plane and I'm either going this way or that way, man. That's you're pretty young to be feeling that anxiety that, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that way it's, it can't be easy, but, um, you know, he got to Philly and, and decided to go North instead of South. So, yeah, right. And I tacked on extra well four and a half years with the Flyers and another year in, in Winnipeg. <clears throat> another five five and a hook years on his on his career. But uh, what's more important was he's able to preserve his mental health because, uh, as yep. you mentioned, I mean, stress is a killer. It doesn't matter what line of work you're in. Stress, pressure, I mean, it gets to the core. It really affects the nervous system and the brain. And, you know, he, as he talked about, I didn't realize that, um, you know, until he told the story, the, how, how affected he was by it. But I can't imagine, you know, obviously I went through my own version of that, but I also wasn't a, a goaltender that's, you know, taking yeah. on the brunt of all the pressure. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of lay in the weeds and well, lay in the weeds on the bench because that's where I was sitting most of the time. <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I felt what he felt, you know, in, in my own version. But uh, it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. People make the comments about you making the big bucks and you got to, you know, toughen up and all that good stuff. But at the end of yeah. the day, we're, we're all human. We were just fortunate enough to play a game for a living. And, yeah. you know, it, obviously it is a luxury in, in, in the Western world here to, to play in the National Hockey League. And But uh, the issues guys deal with are the very same issues that the real world deals with. So just 100%. to humanize the person here and understand we're all in this together you know just it's yeah. not about uh athlete versus non-athlete or or whatnot it's just about uh being being real you know pressure yeah. crumbles people so it does you know, he's trying to support people and uh it's great for him to be open about this because this is how we kind of make yeah. change yeah it's funny how it uh also on a lighter side is you know winning that calder memorial trophy like he he it never really hit him you know, till later, he said, you know, like, actually, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, yeah, it is. That's <laughs> a really big deal, man. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny because we never really ever talked about that, to be honest, when he was here. Yeah. I mean, wh why would you really talk about it? But um, I guess, you know, finally hit him once he was done playing that. And that's a pretty major award. Yeah. You know, no. that, that I was able to win. And um, it's impressive, you know, any 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 of the kids that come into the league and and when that trophy, you're a pretty damn good player. If you're, yeah. you know, obviously if you're in the National Hockey League, you're a pretty damn good player, obviously. Yeah. But to That's win that trophy is pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. And it was interesting to hear him talk about, like, it almost seemed easy for him. Mm -hmm. And you hear this a lot. You know, the guys' first years in the league seem easier. I'm not going to say easy because nothing in life is easy, but easier because – Maybe the, the, the there's not quite the same pressure. Yes, there's pressure, but you know you don't have you know all the fans ripping on you for yeah. you know previous year stuff. You haven't built that you know that you know that name in the community yet, and you're really going off pure you know energy and spirit, right? I mean, you're you're basically yep. living your childhood mm -hmm. dream in the moment, and you're kind of rolling with it. So 
Um, interesting to hear him talk about that, you know, and then he wins the Calder. Um, and then, but then you hear the, the next year is the hardest year. It's like, it's, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's bouncing back and doing it all over again. And I struggle with that. It was like, oh yeah, my first year, full year with the Flyers, you know, fighting all the tough guys. And, you know, I, th- I thought I did relatively well. I got, you know, the most yeah. improved player with, with Kobe there with the Flyers. And then, yeah. And then the next year is like, wow, God, I got to do, I got to do this all over again. I gotta stay, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I got to stay consistent. And that's, you know, I think that's where the mind games start. And, you know, it's, it's all about consistency uh, yeah. well, in life. But, you know, if you want to stay in the major leagues in any sport, uh, you have to stay consistent. And as soon as you start being inconsistent, that's when, you know, you become replaceable. So, exactly. Um, but nice to see him find his way. He had a hell of a yeah. career. He, hell of a guy. He, he, he is, he's only 33 years old. And, and I, I, I meant to say this during the thing, cause it, I don't know. I hope it doesn't make it bad. I don't think it does. He always laughs at me, but I'm like, dude, you should still be playing he's 33, you know, for goalies. Sure. You know, and, and another thing I, I do say that to him all the time, like busted, busted his chops just to mess around. But I, I even, you know, he's been done three years now. He's only 30 years old, yeah. but he also told of how it just took a toll on him mentally. Yeah. You know, so uh, I say that lightly with him just because he's so, he's still such a young man. But one of the things I did bring up is the athlete he is. You talk yeah. about an athlete. This guy is an athlete, man. Like he, he made saves. Yes, obviously he came up being, like being a goalie. But there were some saves where, you know how you have your, some goalies that, not that I'm a goalie expert, so I'm not trying to say that, but they just, they go down their butterfly, they're big. They don't, this guy could jump move right. like athletic. he just, he just so athletic yeah right. yeah like so and and not that other goalies aren't athletic everyone that's playing the national hockey league are good athletes are great athletes uh some of the best but man he was just a really good athlete uh yeah. big big too like a big guy like, i don't think people realize how big mason yeah, is. yeah i know right um he's a big man he was always in shape pretty jacked for a goalie you know like now nowadays most goalies are in way better shape but um Anyway, he was, he was, a he had a good career, man. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to see, like you said, he's healthy and, and feeling way better. And that's awesome to see. Yep. Well, you made the right choice. You know, you got to listen to the heart and, uh, yeah. and follow it. And, you know, like you said, like you're, you're joking, like, oh, you should still be playing. But if you're not feeling it, you know, you, you yeah. got to make a move, right? And that's in any, any walk of life and any, any career. So props to him for stepping away and, and, and following his heart. Cause that's what it's all about. Now he's got an opportunity yeah. to spend time with his children and, and find his way on the other side of the fence. So yeah, wish, uh, wish Mace nothing but the best. Appreciate him hopping on. Yeah. Mace daddy. Yeah. So that's a wrap episode 40 of nasty knuckles. Be sure to tune in next Boy, week for episode 41 until then folks. Stay safe. See you, knuckleheads. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>